Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and the world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. As always, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. And as always, it's, it's my honor and it's my absolute pleasure to, to have a few moments of your valuable time. It's, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into the show here in a little bit, but there's so much going on. I just, uh, <coughs> it's been a very busy day for me. Uh, I am sad to report that one of my teachers has passed away, a dear, dear friend of mine, mentor of mine of many, many years, and had such an effect on my life and obviously my son's life and <coughs> my grandson's life. I have a beautiful picture of the then lovely Miss Constan, myself in the middle, and Miss Woodworth, who just passed away uh, a week ago, and I'm going to the services uh, tomorrow. And it's it's amazing. You know, I look at all the photos I have in my office, and many have since have per se passed away, but I just wanted to mention the lovely uh, Joyce Woodworth. And, and the effect she had on my life, whether she was involved with my rescue, which is coming up, my anniversary is coming up here in March, the 50th anniversary of my rescue, by the way. But uh, it's, it, you know, time and energy and love is what we talk about all the time on this show. How much time and energy you give to white noise, unnecessary drama, things that just don't mean a hill of beans in a matter of moments, hours, days, or years, because we talk about resentment and anger, and we talk about, you know, the joy of life and the wonder of life, and life is not pretty. Life is not easy, but life goes on. It's always something. So I know how busy you are must be in your life. I just now uh, recovered from uh, assisted in a, a code three. One of my neighbors not doing too well. It has some issues, and uh, packing for the funeral service and trying to do a show for you. And we had another assignment, two other assignments, actually, that, that, that we unexpected, that we took some of our time and energy. And sometimes things don't work out. We had to actually decline uh, 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 something they, some folks wanted us to do in the office. And after six hours of spending time, we said, we can't do this because I'm devoted to, uh, you know, going to a funeral service. And sometimes you have to make calls and you're not going to make people happy. Sometimes you're stretched to the limit. Sometimes unexpected things happen and you have to decide. In my case, run down the stairs, grab my medical bag, run across the street to try to help someone out, get things ready for the, uh, you know, the pros from Dover, the, 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 the medical people and the fire department and da-da-da-da-da and, you know, whisk, boom-bam, you're, you're on your way. But I appreciate your time. And with that segue, uh, as some of you know, and I want to be slow on this one and I apologize I have been describing the release of the book book nine coming out in March and how I wanted to do an exclusive giveaway just for you you the listeners so we're giving away 44 books at my time and uh, uh, my, my my finances and so forth and uh, uh, some of you folks have responded already and I appreciate that but let me just kind of plug it now because I know some of you folks drop off at the toward the end of the show. So we do, in case you're new to the show, have a 44-book giveaway from my latest book, Return to the River. 
And all you have to do is go to my website, Dave Pelzer, P-E-L-Z-E-R.com. Click on to DavePelzer.com website. At the top of the website, there's a banner that says something effective radio or, or the Dave Pelzer show. Click onto that, and that will lead you into the portal that you just, if, if you want to book for yourself, my name is Michelle. I can use an uh, 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 uplift. I'm feeling not so well. Or uh, my name is Joe, and I have a sister or a friend that would like an inspirational story. Boom. My staff will put that in the box, a sentence or two, one uh, uh, book per person, per se, I mean, per, per, per request. My staff will contact you, uh, verify your address and so forth, and we already have uh, the lovely Miss Claire from down under New Zealand. We have another gentleman from England, folks around the United States, and we'll get them out to you as soon as we get the book, which will probably be mid-March. I'm kind of busy in March for the book and some other things. And uh, I, this is a tribute to you for you taking your time. So hopefully that makes sense. And again, no cost to you. We'll, we'll ship it to you. We'll personalize it and write an inscription like my very best or God bless you. Have a nice day. If you can't read my writing, you know it's from me. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just, again, it's something we wanted to do. And I'm just... Everybody knows my favorite number is 44. I'm just thankful it's not 4,444. So that's, that's a gift to you for taking your valuable time. All right. So the most important question, and again, we'll lead into this with the, uh, the, the, the heart of the uh, show here. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm still just, and it's, of course, 27 degrees outside, and I'm trying to write things down and, and help out my neighbor and, and, and neighbor's caretaker. And my hands are shaking. I'm going, whoa, <laughs> this looks kind of bad. But I'm, you know, been running around at the gym and packing and shopping and taking care of things before I leave. And, oh, my goodness, I, I, I thought, oh, my God, I hope this doesn't look real bad. But how are you doing? <laughs> Be a little overwhelmed or some days are just better and worse than others like today was like oh my gosh ever since three o'clock in the morning pacific time i've been going full force but how are you doing are you doing okay kind of getting into the groove of the new year wow it's always something you know and 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 at times i figure oh man i i'm gonna have a half day today or this is gonna be an easy day today all i gotta do is a couple things and then you know you pick up the phone and you know, hear that someone might have passed away or, uh-oh, someone's calling me. I better run across the street and help out a friend in trouble. Uh-oh. Or you run out of things and you can't find them when you shop and you get a little frustrated or it's just something just takes up your time. And again, that's just life, but it's so important. I think just like with this show, it's like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Calm down, David. Do what you can. This is uh, above your pay grade. Help is coming. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But that's so important for you to recognize that if you're overwhelmed or if you're frustrated or to talk things out. Now, again, we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But 
I really, truly, truly believe this. I know I beat that dead horse. But in all that you do, please take care of you. If you're having a bad day, it's just a bad day. If you're overwhelmed, just take a step back. Breathe, hold, release. I know it's simple dimple, but you know what? Sometimes, you know, those, those are the best things. Those are the things that truly, truly work. And do what works for you. You know, have that cup of coffee and no talking. Leave me alone. We have a fan. She, she, she takes a bath and listens to our show. She's got the kids and the husband. It's like, leave me alone. This is my time. Take that walk. Get some exercise. Get good rest. If you're taking down notes, the word of the day for the show is self-care. Self-care. So in all that you do, please take care of you. All right. So let's get to the show here. I am... Uh, I thought about this, and we had a staff meeting about, uh, we have meetings all the time, like what's on my one sheet for today, or what's the big thing we're doing this week, or this month, or this quarter, and obviously we've been doing a lot of work for the uh, PR, uh, uh, for the book, and back and forth with all the different entities, and you know, get on the, the, the message of what the book is about, and the threads involved with the book, and it takes a lot to write one sentence, let's say in PRs. It's going to take 20 hours to get the right wording and so forth. And we had a meeting about uh, something that was just heart-wrenching. And, and we had a couple of people says, no, 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 Dave, don't, don't, don't go there with that. You might upset some people. You might make them feel angered or you might make them feel sad with all that's going on. And, and I said, how can we not talk about this? It's an epidemic. It's not going away. And I'm certainly not talking about COVID. The biggest epidemic we face in our great nation of ours is the massive senseless shootings. It's uh, as of a week ago, and I'm a week behind, but let's say in the month of January, we've had over 39 mass shootings. We had a shooting a few weeks ago in Southern California, a Monterey Park that took the lives of over 11, or of 11 people. Uh, Oakland, California has become basically as worse as Chicago. In California, uh, in one day, they had over three shootings. One day, over three shootings. In Half Moon Bay and San Mateo, California, just below San Francisco, California, and, and, and I know just about every square inch of this one town. It's basically a town. I think it's about, uh, oh goodness, maybe 11,000 people, which is considered small when you look at you know California and the Bay Area at large. In Half Moon Bay, the, 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 the sleepy town of Half Moon Bay, the pumpkins, when pumpkins want to be raised or go for vacation, they, it's Half Moon Bay. They, they grow the biggest pumpkins. They have a big pumpkin thing for the kids. I remember going there as a child I remember uh, a vacation in Half Moon Bay. It's a sleepy little town. It's a migrant town, you know, uh, and so forth. But they lost seven people in one day. Two separate shootings. Same individual killed 11 people, or pardon me, seven people. And as we're slowly, slowly peeling the onion, it was a revenge shootings. 
And part of the uh, anger of this one gentleman was he was a migrant worker. And uh, uh, last year he got into an argument with his boss. And his boss says, take care of this, take care of that. Not my problem, take care of it. And I guess uh, the last confrontation, uh, it was a simple little argument. And part of the argument was, you know, these, 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 these migrant people who work so hard, God bless them, uh, weren't even getting minimum wage, which means they can't afford to live in the Bay Area. And they, they, they were given these little shacks, these little shacks that didn't have any heating or barely any electricity or clean running water. And it's just sad that we have people doing labor that we don't want to do or, you know, for whatever reason, and they do it and can't be treated with the humanity that they deserve. And then you look at the other shootings, the other shootings, and it just never stops. And there's a lot of anger out there, a great deal of frustration. And part of it is because they've, they've had it, people have had enough. They've had enough. And our governor, uh, Governor Newsom, was very emotional. Uh, you're always supposed to keep your cool. Behind closed doors, yell, scream, swear, of course. But for a governor to be that emotional, it really broke my heart. He says he's tired of going to the funeral services. His heart is broken every time he calls the relatives of the victims or to visit and hold these people and cry with them. It's just so, so much on all of us. And I, I, I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen, and you're just going to have to just bear with me. This is now the new norm. This is now the new norm. It is not going away. I don't know if, if we, I mean, if you want drugs, you can find drugs. Okay? If, if, if you want a weapon, you're going to find a weapon. And this is the new norm. We used to talk things out or sue each other. Or, or, or sometimes you, back in the day, you would fight things out. You know, when men fight half the time, it's just frustration half the time, like you see in the old John Wayne movies. If you don't know John Wayne, if you're under 40, Google him. He was America's America. He was America's cowboy. His little films, you know, he'd always fist fight in the bar, the Western bars. Rah, rah, rah. And then they'd have a beer later on and get drunk. And you're my brother. I love you too, man. It's cool. But nowadays, it's just different. It's almost like we go from zero to thermonuclear weapons in a heartbeat. And it's sad. And part of it is mental health. Part of it is linked to COVID. Part of it is I'm just, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take this anymore type attitude. I mean, we can deny, deny, deny it. Think about it. That's what we do. We deny. We're angered. We try to bargain our way out of the situation. We get depressed. And finally, there's acceptance. And I think we have to accept this is the new norm for now. I mean, there's people vastly smarter, cold, analytical, you know, and, 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 and I'm sure, well, if we had no guns, well, there's going to be guns. Uh, if we had more mental health, if we can observe it sooner, I mean, I, I, I just don't know. But I think we have to accept the fact that this is the new norm, whether it's World War II, post-World War II attitudes and how we lived our lives post 9-11, uh, uh, you remember 2008, how we were all too big to fail? We had to accept that bailout after bailout. 
and then recently in the last what five four three years now three is it, we're going on just over three years now covid one two three four whatever variants monkey pox all this crazy stuff so i think we have to unfortunately accept the fact this is the new norm we can't rely on the executive office governor mayors we have to rely on ourselves so I thought about this and I've talked to a few people and we all are in agreement. What can we do? What can we do as parents, as Samaritans, as neighbors, people in our community, what can we do? Well, the first thing is I think we have to accept this is the new norm. We can whine and cry and blah, 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 but at the end of the day, this is, this, this is it. So my advice, and it sounds simplistic but sometimes the simplistic things again make a difference I think the first thing we can do is just be aware it's called position awareness be aware of your surroundings you know I always t teach people whether it's firefighting or in the armed forces never enter a situation unless you know how you're getting out of that situation first d d does that make sense particularly as parents I remember years ago there was a a mass shooting at a movie theater. It was for the movie, uh, oh, the Batman film, The Dark Knight Rises, uh, the third part of the trilogy with the Batman series. And there was a shooter and went into the movie theater and just, you know, it was a bloodbath. And then everybody thought, well, maybe we need to shut down all the theaters. We should have armed guards at every exit. <sighs> That's not reality per se. But now every time I go to a movie theater, I sit in a certain position. I'm looking for my exits. I'm looking to see who's coming in. I just want to be aware. So my first piece of advice is stay aware and position awareness. The most important thing, I think, is don't loop. By looping, you turn on the TV. I remember in 9-11, uh, all of us, myself included, I watched the towers fall over and over. I mean, I probably watched 10 hours of the towers that fell, the both towers that fell, and different angles, you know, different d different street scenes, you know, and, and every documentary I can get my hands on, I, I would watch the towers fall. And afterwards, you just become kind of like numb to it. You know, it's kind of like overexposure. You gotta think about it from the media's position too. They do not want you to turn away. They will do anything they can, say anything they can to get you to be glued to their station. Coming up next, another angle of the towers falling on 9-11. Oh my God, another angle. I gotta watch it. Maybe someone escaped. Maybe someone escaped. Maybe there's a, oh, a body I can see. You see, that, that, that's part of the angle, ladies and gentlemen. It, 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 it sounds morbid but I you know it's kind of like when when you see a, a car crash we all slow down at the car crash whether if we can be of assistance or are they okay or you know maybe there's some blood on the highway it, it sounds again morbid but it's this this is the human condition in a sense so what I'm trying to say is get the basic news that you need for today for me, it's about weather and, you know, what's going on locally or, you know, and so forth. And then shut it down. Because the more you watch these things, the more it drains you. The more it makes you feel apprehensive. 
You know, it, it's amazing. We can watch a football game, and whether your team wins or loses, after a while, we're going, okay, that's it. Thank you. Boop. My team won. My team lost. Okay, next. Because, again, it's always something. So what I don't want you to do is become a prisoner to bad news because I got a few calls. Oh, my God, I don't want to go out. I can't go shopping. Will you go shopping for me? I don't. I, I, can you walk my dog? I don't. I can't go out and walk my dog. Really? Come on. Please. I mean, life does per se go on, and I want you to feel safe enough to live your life to the best of your ability. Does that make sense? Another thing that is so important, the most important thing that you can do is find someone you know, find someone you trust, a family member, a friend, a work buddy, and talk it out. Man, did you see that news? Yeah, Joe, I did. What's going on? Well, there was a massive shooter and da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, man. Wow. And ask, how does it make you feel? Well, it makes me upset and wants... Uh, I, 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 just get it out of your system. Talk it out. And, and don't, don't just... When you talk out things, don't just glaze over it. Open up and tell yourself or whoever you're talking to how you really feel. Be open and be honest and let it out. We've talked about this before, that we have a tendency to swallow, self-included. And then you go, how you doing? Uh, I'm okay. All right, see you later. Talk it out. Vomit out your feelings. I mean, we've talked about when your body will ingest something, physically ingest something. And if it doesn't agree with it, the body will reject it. And when you reject it, you vomit. And some people, when they vomit, they just kind of vomit a little bit here and a little bit there because it's kind of dirty and it's nasty. And oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And that's just a human condition. So what? It's only vomit. But when you vomit everything out of your stomach, get everything out, what do you do? Well, you wash your hands. You, 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 um, you, you, you get some mouthwash, lots of mouthwash, right? And uh, let me see. You, uh, let me see. Hopefully, if you're a lady, we'll take care of your hair. <laughs> Clean the toilet again and again. Put on a new blouse, put on a new shirt, whatever you got to do, do the laundry, and you walk out a few minutes later, and you're ready to go. Half the time when you actually vomit, now you got to fill your stomach again. I'll take some cheesecake, okay, and I'll take some strawberries, I'll take strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, blueberries, schnozberries, I take them all. Okay, a potpourri, I do that. Yeah, yeah, because there's going to be more <laughs> coming at you. But with something that you can psychologically internalize, it just builds and builds and builds, and then you can snap. If something affects your sleep, that's a problem. That's a problem. But Dave, I'm all alone. What do I do? Just walk around your house and talk. I am tired of these shootings. I don't know what to do. But then here's what I can do. Find a simple solution. Do something. But please don't swallow. Let it out. Whether you yell, scream, swear, cry, let it out. And just, I know it sounds stupid, but acknowledge your feelings. Acknowledge that this is a problem. I got to tell you, miss, I got to tell you, folks, I mean, today was like a weird, it's still a weird, crazy day. And I'm going, oh, I got to take this phone call. I got to look at this. I spent three hours, six hours on this. And then my neighbor, oh, my gosh. And that's something, too, you think you have a problem. 
And then something really tragic happens right in front of you. And it kind of lessens your issues and put things in a different perspective. Does that make sense? When it comes to self-care, I got an idea. One of two things. Either get a tattoo. Let's say uh, if you're right-handed, get it on your left arm, your forearm. Two words, self-care. Self-care. If anything, get a T-shirt. I'm with self-care. I'm with self-care. And have it pointed up toward your face. Da-da-da-da-da. That's me. I'm going to take care of myself. Man. Because, again, it's always something. I, I, I got to tell you, uh, now we're moving on to another subject here. When I call it recovery. We had a heck of a, what was it called? The cyclone bomb of the West Coast? Oh, my God. They, they, I, I think they say, all in all, uh, the rains, depending upon where you're at, in this, uh, 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 whether it's Washington or Oregon or California, and then wherever you're at in California, depending upon where you're at in California, it was anywhere from like 28 days to 32 days of just non-stop rain. And I'm not talking like little teeny bitty showers. I'm talking fit hit the shan, apocalypse Noah and the Ark, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> coming of ages, <laughs> oh, my God. I was looking for, like, four horsemen floating down the river going, okay, that's it. We're done. We're done. It was just amazing. We had floods, and, 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 and we had a few deaths. Very, very sad, very sad. We lost a five-year-old boy, and they were, they, as of yet, they haven't recovered the body, but they did find a shoe. They recovered a lady that in uh, her little SUV somehow went into the river, her SUV, and, and, and it floated down the river, and, and they recovered the body. And then we lost a, a two-year-old child when a big tree crashed into a, a mobile home, and that was just sad. And, we've, and, and yet, and at the same time, this thing could have been a thousand times worse. A thousand times worse, because there were mudslides and rock slides and, and big towering trees. Oh, my goodness. And, and everybody thinks, well, thanks. Let's shout out to the first responders. Woohoo! And it was so weird because, you know, back in my day, particularly when I was a volunteer fire captain at Sea Ranch, you guys rock, man. You kick butt. I'm going to slow down. No, we don't. And we're just doing our job. That's our job. When you're running out, we're running in. We're not glory seekers, nothing. It's just our job. But thank you. Does that make sense? My goodness. You know, but, but you know, a lot of these heroes... Are the people you never see behind the scenes, you know, the neighbors, the churches, uh, uh, just, you know, folks that band together because uh, I'm with a small group in this small little complex in which I live, and I made sure, okay, if you're leaving, give me your key, and I'll watch your house and do what needs to be done, and I'll shut off the master, master circuit breaker because if we start flooding, we, this has to be turned off before the water hits. You know, and, and give me your name and address, and we'll check in, and then we check in, like, who's staying, who's going. You do lots of little things, and they really do add up. In life, we always want to win Trump Lotto. At life, we want to lose 100 pounds in two days. In life, we want to tender swipe something and meet our new BFF immediately and consummate that relationship. Mm -hmm, really? That doesn't work. In life, it's always the small 
things that truly add up, whether you do five extra push-ups a day, you save $5 a week, you spend the extra time with your family and friends and spouse, lovers, just little things. And you, you just got to be, con- you know, you got to be consistent. You got to be a little consistent rather than that one massive thing that will save us. No, it's never that. So anyhow, I, 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 I was, uh, after the, the final, final, final floods of the cyclone bomb, I think it was about two days later, uh, I went out of the complex and drive, you know, starting life anew and went to uh, the supermarket and you're driving around. And I noticed something that was simplistic but unusual. The roads were open. No wires, no trees, no remnants of any leaves. The rock slides were cleared away. Everything was like fresh and new. And by the way, do you ever notice when there was a major storm or tornado or something like that? Usually right after the storm, skies are blue. Brilliant skies, not a cloud. My goodness, what is that song, ELO? Look it up, Mr. Blue Sky. Oh my goodness, Mr. Blue Sky. The weather was clear, the temperature was like, what? And it was only like two days after the fit hit the Shan. The water is still receding, but oh my God, it was just beautiful. And I noticed something, wow, recovery. While I was asleep, uh, Cal, California uh, Transportation, Cal Trans, cleaned up the roads. Trees were chopped and bucked and, you know, pushed away, and everything was clean that quickly. Everything was so clean. But sometimes in recovery, things can take a long time. I was involved with Katrina. And, and I got to tell you, between there was so much of a food bar with federal, with FEMA, they were overwhelmed, and, and their staffing wasn't the best, okay? I'm not going to get into that, okay? And, but the major problem was, you know, fighting between uh, the Louisiana governor and the very uh, outrageous uh, media-savvy uh, mayor of, of, of New Orleans, and it just jumbled things up. It stopped the process. I was there for just over three and a half weeks working with the Red Cross, and I had a team. And uh, we were kind of like the recon team. We'd go there first and call things out and give them a sit-rep situation report and see how we were going to deploy things or get things going. And I told my team after two weeks, I said, you know what? We're just, we got to take a step back here. Because it was so frustrating to do one simple thing or try to do something simple or think our way out of this. And I told the team, what we're doing is we're embracing the ocean. We're trying to move this massive force one inch a day, and we can't even do that. And it's that old thing I gave you, that Baptist prayer. At the end of the show, we give you the Baptist prayer. Do as much as you can for as long as you can, for as many as you can. When I'm on a code three, I don't have an AED. I don't. And I wish I did. But I can do as much as I can. I can take a pulse. I can see if the person's responsive. I can see if they are conscious. What day is it? How many, uh, how many quarters and two dollars? Who's the president of the United States? What day is it? Something. And then when the... Uh, uh, the, 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 the pros from Dover come over, give them the sit rep, boom, and then step out, let them do their job. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? It's, it's, it's just 
overwhelming. But we did a pretty good job. We did as much as we could in Katrina. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. And yet, I remember I was at uh, Joplin years later after the tornado. I think it was an F5 category tornado. And it just leveled the city. I mean, like almost like God bent down and pushed everything away. Everything away. I, 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 I can't describe it. Stuff was everywhere. It's not like you see in these action movies. It's so different. I was there, I want to say, three days after the tornado in Joplin, Missouri. And I saw something like, okay, this is weird. They were already rebuilding. They were already rebuilding. FEMA was involved. The governor was involved. Uh, the, the, the different uh, mayors of the cities were involved outside of Joplin and in Joplin itself. And they said, okay, no red tape. Start building. Uh, we'll get to the paperwork later. And whoop, supplies came in. Whoop, everybody came in and helped out. Sidetrack. At Katrina, the biggest people that helped out was not the government. It wasn't the Red Cross. It was the churches. I will never forget the kindness of the churches. They had their own vehicles, and, and, and they had pots and pans and food and, and, and propane to cook. They knew exactly where they needed to go. They had it all planned out. If you wanted good food, you went to the church. You know, and they gave us clothes, and, and we can bathe and shower and have a, a nice meal and then go on back to our task. And I asked some of the church people, the leaders, they said, well, we planned this. We knew it was going to happen eventually. We do a food giveaway twice a year just to practice, practice, practice. And Joplin, the same thing. I'm going, well, how did you guys get the supplies? Well, we're with Home Depot, and they knew the tornado. We're in tornado season, so we start staging we start staging. So if the fit hits the sham, we can go here, there, boom, 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 and start the process. When volunteers work together, particularly with the churches or organizations that know what they're doing, boom, the same thing in California. We have something called PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric. And ever since uh, uh, October two, t uh, 2017, the, the infamous tub fires, PG&E will stage before there's a wildland fire if there's a fire. We do this in the fire department. We will stage at certain blocks. We look at the weather, the wind patterns, all the things, and it's like, well, there's a 90% chance if a fire happens, it's going to blow over in this area. So we'll stage engines in different parts of the block. So if it does happen, boom, we're joining on the spot. We're right on top of it. Hence, we can recover earlier. D does that make sense? See, the metaphor, it's not about Joplin. It's not about Katrina. It's about you and how you recover. Everybody recovers different because there's always a different situation. Does that make sense? And it takes some experience. Uh, I'm new to the area I live in, the townhomes here in the Russian River. And yet there's two gentlemen. They've been here for about a 1,000 years. <laughs> And I noticed that they still had their outside furniture. I'm going, you haven't removed it, have you? Nope. Why? Well, with the information we have, I don't think it's going to crest as high as it did a few years ago. And I thought to myself, if they're not nervous, I'm going to be okay. So we always check in with each other. Does that make sense? There, there's a guy, he was my boss, uh, Steve Baxman at Monterio. He's the chief. 
He's been with the Monterey Fire Department for, I think now, 52 years. Yeah, 52. And he knows when we have a flood, he stages different pieces of equipment, brings in certain personnel. And he always, when he brings out the dumpsters, because there's five dumpsters, <laughs> one for hazmat and two for everything else, then you know it's serious. We were talking one time, and I said, is it DT? He goes, nope, it's not time for dumpsters. Dumpster time. Not time for dumpsters. We're going to do this now. We'll be busy, and we'll cut trees, and we'll do all that stuff. And, you know, there might be some situations. But overall, scale of 1 to 10, this is probably a 7 or an 8. It's bad for some things, but it could be worse. Does that make sense? It could be worse. To me, everything's about baby steps. Physical, emotional, psychological, when it comes to recovering, financial recovering is baby, baby steps. Once, or in my case, like when I moved, I was so frustrated, moved to, to the townhome, and, and, and there was, God, I was having three or four bad days. And I would do one box and thinking, okay, I'm done with the kitchen. And then I find another box and another box. I'm going, oh, stop. And I, I told myself, David, just unpack one box at a time. One box might have 20 different items, and I have a small kitchen, and this goes here, and this has to go there. Oops, that didn't fit. So I'm going to have to redo that. But sometimes I would open up a box, and it's only one thing. I know exactly where that's going. Whew. You see, you get lucky. You never know what's in that box. But you got to give yourself the permission and the courage just to open that box. Does that make sense? Sometimes it's one day at a time, one box at a time. I have a dear friend of mine, God bless him, his name's Arnold. I knew him when I first moved to uh, Southern California. He was one of my cigar buddies. And he had read one of my books, and we chatted privately, and he said he was in recovery. But a lot of friends didn't know that. And I, and I said to him stupidly, I said, wow, you're in your 30s. I'm pushing 40. How can you do this? How can you? This is so so huge. How can you not have a drink for the next 30, 40 years? And he kind of shoved it off. <laughs> and this guy's a tall, good-looking guy. Looks like Mel Gibson back in Lethal Weapon days. All the girls love Marshall. My goodness. He just wanted to be there when <laughs> he turned around. And he put his arm around me and he says, you know what, Dave? I just do this one day at a time. Hmm. Okay. Good for you. See you later. I mean, I, 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 I heard it. But I did really receive the magnitude of one day at a time, hence one box at a time. Which leads me to uh, uh, the last trip I came back from Iraq. I used to spend some of my summers there, do comedy or counseling or, you know, ride with the troopers and so forth. And I came back and, and I was not doing well. There was a couple of incidents, including uh, my, the, the, the gentleman who was my security guy was a guy named Augie. And he's from the former uh, Czechoslovakia. And, and he came over to America and, you know, got his car and stuff like that. And he joined the Army on this whole purpose. Hey, you join, do a couple of uh, years with us, tours with us, and, and we'll make you an American citizen. Hey, that's a good deal. And, of course, one tour became two, then three. And one tour can be anywhere from nine months to, I think, 26 months. And they asked him to do a third tour. Yeah, we'll get the paperwork processed, and we'll take care of you. Well, on his third tour, he was uh, killed. And it really, really broke my heart, because this guy was like six foot 12. 
huge guy. Unbelievable. I mean, bigger than the Predator or Arnold Schwarzenegger combined. Super nice guy. I mean, I bumped into his, his chest, boom, and I thought I snapped my neck off. And there was a photo of him carrying me at one time. Uh, there was a situation, and he found me, and he carried me out. And he's, you know, just like you see in the movies, I got him. And, and he kind of leaned over, you okay? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> There's a photo of me kissing his cheek. He's just such a big, nice guy, and it really had an effect on me. And I eventually came home. I was in my little place in, uh, by the ocean in a place called Dana Point. And I would go to the gym, and I just half-heartedly rode the bike or half-heartedly lifted a weight. It just really had an effect on me. And I dealt with it without really dealing with it. And then years later, uh, a few years uh, ago, many years later, but it was only a few years ago, I went through a divorce. And I remember riding the bike half-heartedly like I did when I came back from Iraq. And I said, you know, knock it off. It's only a divorce. I know this sounds lame, but it's only a divorce. Could be worse. You think you're having a bad day? You get a knock on the door. Hey, my uncle's not breathing. I think he's in cardiac arrest. Boom, that solves all your problems. Boom, you do what you got to do. And I remember again, I was on the bike. And I thought of the words of Marshall Arnold, one day at a time. Dave, you're going to get through this one day at a time. And then I told myself something else. I said, you know what? Do one minute at a time. You can't do a whole day. Just give yourself an extra minute. Or how about this? Give yourself an extra mile on the bike. Just a little bit extra. Just, to, just give it one mile at a time. Does that make sense? I've said this before. I'll say it again. When it comes to something, just do what you can for the moment. Do what you can to get yourself out of that situation. You're going to recover. Whatever you have to do to cling on to, just do it for the now. Let me say that slowly again. When it comes to recovery, whether it's the floods or a medical situation or, or finances or loss of a love or something tumultuous, just do what you can for the now. Because again, recovery is different. It can be slow and sometimes it's fast. I have a a gentleman friend of mine, uh, 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 Bill. Bill's 56. I thought he was in his 40s. You know, he's that good looking, <laughs> which means I don't like him that much. But he's 56. I thought he was in his 40s, and he's had a, a leg infection. And, and, and it, was, it was just, he would get it cleaned out, and it would be okay. And then all of a sudden, it would be infected again and again and again, which tells me it needs to be irrigated. Like, what, you got to go way deep way deep. I remember I was in the Air Force. I stepped on uh, something and, and, and it cut my boot open and it gave me a slash. And I stayed in field, per se, for the training mission. It was a very important training mission until I couldn't walk another step, which was stupid. I should have addressed it, raised my hand. Hey, take me out. Take me out. I can't do this. But of course, I pushed through. I'm young. I'm strong. Oh, yes. And they finally opened up the boot. My foot was swollen. They had to cut the boot and 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 th th it was the weirdest thing. They just irrigated my wound to get everything out. And they numbed my foot. And I said, you don't need to numb my foot. Trust me, we do. And they numbed my foot. And they got in there and in there. And they pulled out. So they, they showed me the before. Oh, you don't want it irrigated that much? Okay. And they had a big pan afterwards with all this crud and dirt and rocks, micro rocks in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to go in there and dig deep. We got to get it all out. Hmm. 
Got to get it all out. What does that mean? Maybe if I yell, pardon me, scream and swear, get it all out. Maybe if I vomit everything out, I get it all out. Hmm. The sooner I get it all out, the sooner I can recover. Hmm. So my friend Bill finally got, you know, to a specialist of a specialist, and they were able to get all this out of his leg. And I'm proud and happy to say that he's doing okay. Uh, I think he's up to 40% of recovery, you know, 40% of the weight and, 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 and how much he can stand on it and how much pressure. And he's, gonna, uh, he's adapting here and there. And as a matter of fact, his two sons, if I may, ho-ho, Eagle Scouts. I think the first twins to be Eagle Scouts, if I'm correct. But we'll talk about that maybe another time. So life goes on. His recovery is slow. It will be slow. But he'll be able to walk another day. Does that make sense? It's always going to be something, ladies and gentlemen. We can't prevent, we can't bubble wrap our lives. There's always going to be something. You know, in 1964, I just remember this. There was a call, car called the Ford Mustang. It made its debut in May of 1964. And they made it, I think, at the Indianapolis Speedway. Lee Iacocca, I think, was the uh, lead designer for this car. Oh, my gosh. If you don't know what a Ford Mustang is, watch the mo movie Bullet. With the, the, the America's uh, super cool, the coolest guy in America. Steve McQueen, baby. Steve McQueen, foster child, too, by the way. Former foster child. Bullet. If you want to see a Mustang, watch Bullet. Unbelievable. But they were the first ones in 1964, the Ford Motor Company, to put in a seatbelt. And everybody's going, no, you can't do that. That might make the vehicle appear to be unsafe. And someone said, there's always going to be accidents. But we can prevent some of those injuries. Hmm. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be an accident. There's always going to be a flood. There's always going to be a fire. There's always going to be something. But this might prevent something, prevent more injury. There's always going to be shootings. There's always going to be an accident. There's always going to be a fire. There's going to be a flood. There's going to be a tornado. However, if we can accept it, accept the situations that we're in and adjust from them, does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Again, recovery can be fast. It can be slow. But sooner or later, we'll be able to walk away from it. That's that's the thing. And you can only walk away if you accept the situation and take care of yourself. Self-care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please, as always, I thank you so much for listening to our show. And I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit busy in the next few weeks and so forth. Uh, please don't forget about our book giveaway. Just fill out the little thing. And we'll get you, get you to as soon as we can. We'll get it to you probably mid-March because the book comes out on the 7th. Again, the name of the book is called Return to the River. It's uh, one of my best works. It's thick. It's a haunting love story. It's a spiritual journey. It's a self-help book. And it's a book about family, believe it or not. Star Wars was always about family. A little dysfunctional, but <laughs> about family. And uh, I'm very proud of the piece. And with that, I want to thank our friends with the Pat Metheny Group, you know, for allowing us to use Mr. Metheny's uh, uh, music 
And uh, if there's always something, I, I upgraded my computer so much so that it's not even working. So we're kind of, this, this show is hit and miss, believe it or not. There's so much we have to do to get you this show. So thank you again for giving us a listen. And, and let me just kind of end with, again, please, folks, if you're overwhelmed, you can work through this. Remember, you're never alone. If you can listen to the sound of my voice, you are never alone. And please know your worth. Please know your worth. And if you're going through something, you will, you will get through this. When you're going through hell, you just keep going. And yes, the fit will hit the shan and waters will rise, but eventually they will recede and the sun will come out tomorrow. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. So as always, my friends, please do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. So please take good care. And as always, good day, good luck. And God bless.